Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 11th of March, 2018. You've got to remember that this is the century of change. The century where a massive agenda was to be rammed through. So remember, when you see all these changes happening that seem bizarre, chaotic, and quite frankly psychotic at times too, then it's planned that way. It really is planned that way. Academia prattled on for the whole of the last century about the 21st century. And they called it the century of change in academia, where they would fulfill this big agenda of destroying all that was to bring in the new creation. And you were witnessing it, in fact, all the time. If you watch television constantly, you will think there's not much really wrong with society and because you've, you've adapted to it. You've adapted to all the changes step by step by step with little updates daily in entertainment and, and news and various other programs that you watch because that's how it's done until you think that it's all quite natural. Even the, th- the things that are really bizarre are quite natural. And that's how you're supposed to see it, really. Other items you'll find in what's called the news today are all designed to get emotional responses, little oohs and ahs that are out of your mind in no time at all as you're on to the next ooh and ah, or look at that cat dancing on a tightrope, things like that. that. That's what they put in the media today. And in amongst it, you have nothing but almost pornography in a lot of papers, actually, mixed with murders and, uh, and slaughterings and things like that which really simply reinforces the idea that you're living in some strange science fiction. That's what it appears to be to you. You're in some strange limbo state, or a bad dream even, where things are happening and it's all mushed together. And it was, actually, I suppose it's more like a bad trip for folk who used to take LSD. And that's presented daily, in a daily format, as though it's quite normal. But number one, if you really wanted news, you wouldn't have all, all the women and actresses and budding this and budding that uh, with hardly anything at all, uh, showing off all that they have in amongst the murderers and, and the rapists and the, the various clashes of different groups in society uh, through various reasons in Europe and in Britain and elsewhere. It would be separate so we could concentrate and think about something seriously. You can't be serious about something when you've got, I don't know who, whose name it'll happen to be, some model, ex-model, whatever it happens to be, showing off her, her, her backside next to some, a little video clip of, a, of someone filmed by a CCTV camera and knocked over by a speeding car. I mean, don't you understand that this is really bizarre? And it's not happenstance either. It's not happenstance. Look at the publications, all of them. Traditionally, people used to know what the publications were all about. Back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, they began to lose it again in the 70s. But people used to know, in Europe, for instance, especially, what this paper was for. It was for the right wing, whatever. And they put it once for the left wing, or whatever. And it was like night and day, night and day. Often, they were owned by the same people through different front companies and so on. 
because the same people who run the world all, always own all sides of things. That's how they keep control of it. Through chaos, if you create enough chaos, you have more control because you put forth the, the, the ways to deal with the chaos. And you can create banks of, of specialists over different areas of society dealing with it all. Run And, and if this sort of governmental or, or societal governmental authority over society, and it's, and it's big, big money, big, big money. When you look at the costs of even social work departments, for instance, they mind all the specialized departments for counseling, for this and counseling, for that and yada, yada, yeah. Big, big money. But it also makes society grow up, literally grow up and evolve in a different way too. From childhood, lots of people accept the fact that social workers are in and out of their lives all the time. Some children, and they've had articles in the papers about this, actually call their social workers by their first names. If they have any problems at all, they call them up on the phone. They don't look for a parent or a relative. No, it's the social workers, you see. So you're, you're living in a, a system I talked about for years that was destined to come in. And often, if you don't use the terminology, people will never catch on. It's, it can be that simple, for instance, isn't it? It can be that simple. The top industrialists and bankers of the planet loved communism because communism is socialism. And it's an ordered society run by banks and layers of bureaucrats and, and, and civil servants, again, in all departments and agencies running over the public. And above that, that line, you have the f- true freedom of those above it all, who, who are way above it and their income level, who are unaffected by it all. They, they get special privileges above the ordinary people. And that's the perfect society for, for running the future. That's what they decided upon long ago. Nothing of a right-wing or a left-wing or an up or a down system will be discarded if it works for those in charge. And the Soviets studied as much of the West and what worked is we all studied the Soviets. And everything's adopted into your own system and adapted into your own system. That's how it is. And as time goes on, it's worse and worse and worse because it isn't until you go in to the incredible multi-thousands in your own countries (laughs) of agencies and organizations and study groups all living off the tax money that you provide, and living awfully, awfully well, and all kinds of ridiculous things, it seems, until you get to the top of the pyramid where all the information of the studies is fed up, and, and they, have, they have the complete understanding of how we tick, and how to tweak this group or that group or this element in society that's not responding to the latest uh, parts of the agenda or whatever it happens to be. Everything is about order, remember. Everything is about order and control. You can't have order unless you control. And how do you get control? You create chaos. You offer the solutions to the chaos, and you make sure your own agencies and departments and so on that you run will be in charge of all you profit from it too, but then you have control. That's how you do it. It's quite simple, really. It's like getting the bankers in who keep plundering economies and nations across the planet. I should say at least twice a century, they're, they're stepping up, now they're, they're due for another one. And they're not finished yet, because that's also part of the agenda as well. 
or bringing us in gradually into austerity because they'll offer solutions with the next big crash as they, as they do bail-ins and bail-outs at the same time. They're going to have both of them at the same time. And they'll offer the solutions for the next part of the system. We can't go on like this. And we've already drafted up this plan for you all to live and how you're going to live in austerity. And we have all these kind of new commissars up to manage your lives for you. But we've got to drastically change the same agenda exactly as, as they're using to get us to by using sustainability, climate change and all the rest of it. Give up all your rights to live as you want to live and live that way only. And, that's you. and you'll all be gradually put in your little niches, you know, your class system, multi-class system, multi, really. It's not, it's not like three tiers, it's many tiers of class systems we've got now. And you'll be put in your own one and you'll have your little bit of privileges depending on where you are. And if you're at the bottom, you have none at all. And that's how it's going to be. It's already coming in right now. You can see it. And that's also why the massive push to bring in so many people at once into countries. They, they, they said that even Ireland's got articles in their, their own papers right now about the, the end of their people because there's a big plan ahead to, to basically overrun them very shortly, in fact, over the next 20 years or so. But this is planned this way. It's planned, absolutely. And you've got to live through the chaos as all this... As Rockefeller said before, that major statement he made, we, we talked about the rocking the world and, and forcing things in the big, big plan and, and all the chaos that you see in folk who are even being killed or murdered in the process or, have, or even starving to death, that's just the eggshells. You can't, you can't make an omelet without breaking eggs. And that's how we're seen. That's how the whole plan is seen. For all those who, who watch their, their way of living, or their culture, or their history go down the tubes. Or even living in their own countries, and, and, and people come in and, and they, 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 call them, you know, they call them all kinds of rotten, nasty names because they've been radicalized before they were even brought in. And then they're radicalized further when they are brought in. And the, the government stand by and allow that to happen. It's an agenda. You know, to criticize any of the agenda, which goes under the guise of liberalism, it's dangerous, very dangerous thing in this day and age because it's beca- and you can see it becoming more so. As in the old days, liberals who never ever believed in tolerance of anybody else or anybody else's opinion, they used to always scream and chant. But now they're getting very violent against people, and they're being allowed to be violent. That's why they're doing more and more of it because the police are being told to hand stay back and all the rest of it when they attack people. Recently, in fact, I think in Oxford, I think it was one of the universities in, in London, I think it was Oxford University, where there was a, a private uh, meeting going on with, with people, one group of whomever it happened to be. But anyway, you see these uh, guys wanting attention, obviously, and they had photographers ready for it too. But they stormed into the meeting, but they were dressed very much, this Antifa group, supposedly, but dressed very, very much like, like ISIS. And I don't know if people realize the danger of this, because if you were in the group being, being invaded, the group in the room, with these guys suddenly storming in with a strange flag and black clothing all over the place, and their faces covered, you might end up killing them. Wouldn't you? Now, don't 
tell me that that hasn't dawned on the people who are provoking all this and 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 encouraging these these characters to do their anti-fascist nonsense. Of course it has. And if that if it does happen, then they'll use them as martyrs. Well, they were just wanting to prove. No, they, no, they weren't. You don't break into to private meetings, disrupt it all. That's not freedom of speech. Of course it isn't. But what you're seeing today are the growing the growing numbers of these kind of things happening all over the place. And you aren't hearing governments come down on it at all for what it really is, because it's part of the agenda. Intolerance is getting vamped up for anybody who's not on board with the whole agenda. Of course it is. That's what's happening. And I say liberalism is the most intolerant system really ever devised. They call it socialism or liberal. It's the same bunch running all of it. In fact, I'll put up some articles from Britain to do with Corbyn, uh, the so-called labor leader, and also the, the aristocratic multimillionaire communists in the Communist Party in Britain, who are also part of the labor movement. There's, there's good articles in it. And there may be some of them are three, third generation people who have big industrial families who owned factories across the world and had at one time in Britain too. And these people are quite adamant, these same multimillionaires are quite adamant that they should have the right to rule. You understand, it's all about power. Left-wing socialism is all about power and reality. And that the right people should rule the, the, the dumb masses. That's what they believe, the lumpen proletariat that Marx had no time for himself. And they never believe it. And socialism, communism, and so on, they don't believe the ordinary people can rule their lives. That's why they need experts above them. And that's why academia has always been on board with it. I've always found, always, always found, that people are so so quick to, to alter their, their, and adjust their value system when big money is flashed in front of their faces in socialism, communism, or even do-goodism under charities, etc. And for instance, it's strange too that now Bono is, is uh, being hammered after many of the charities are being exposed. Thank goodness for a bit of time it was too, for the, for the corrupt racketeering it really is. It's the best system to go into if you want to get rich quick. Uh, start up some uh, organization and pay the right people off in marketing to publish your stuff and push you and you'll get grants galore and you can live the high life and give yourself a fantastic salary. Uh, incredible salaries, in fact. In fact, Prince Charles is just leaving one of his supposed charities and handing it over to his old footman. And it's it it close to £100,000 a year or something just for that, just for being at the top of it and maybe appearing once a year. He's got many other ones too. But there are many charities out there where the, where the people are getting, the seat. they're like CEOs, they get, they get about a million dollars a year, each at the top. But Bono's getting it too now because it comes out that the fundraising is a big, big part of it. It's a big organization, the, the one he's running. And big salaries, of course, for all the people in, in a dropping scheme of, from the pyramid down uh, as to what they get paid. And... Once you're into these kind of things, it's high power, high power salesmanship to get money coming in. Well, some of his employees supposedly were pretty well almost forcing other ones' employees into, into prostituting themselves 
to get the money in from, from big, big donors, you see. If you really want to see human nature, stop watching TV and, and go and look at these organizations. Go and look for yourself at these organizations. Look at the, you can actually do your own little surveys. You don't get too far. I mean, get far enough, it'll, it'll take so much of your time up. And look at the thousands of organizations and charities that are raking in money, often money that's from, from the taxpayer, by different departments from government to, to, the, to these charities and so on. Look at them and where the money's supposed to go. Then look into the countries that are supposed to, the money's supposed to be meant for, and there's hardly any change at all. But look at the salaries of the people involved in these. It's incredible. So rather than set up a, uh, from scratch some kind of manufacturing business or whatever uh, and, and try to work your way up and make something and, and get people... No, just set up some big charity organization if you can. Give yourself a fantastic salary and you're like a little king untouchable. You'll get into United Nations and give little speeches there and you can do your little, your preening and, your, and show how good you are. It's amazing. Life is really, it's beyond, it's beyond satire today. It truly is beyond, way beyond satire. And it's meant to be. It's planned that way. It's pushed that way. When you see the same agendas, pretty well neck and neck, all to do with social changes of all kinds across the planet, being run by the same groups across the planet. Sometimes they'll change their names for different countries, sometimes they won't. Massive funding, massive pushing, all through the same academia too, across the planet. It's, it's a centralized control, folks. Of course there is. And if you think for one minute, that they, and they will, some, the people who follow this kind of stuff and actually help it all to happen at the bottom, the followers, they get nothing out of it themselves. But the ones at the top, get, they, they know what it's all about. Followers, followers are always used, always used, and always abused. And getting back to the newspapers I was talking about too. And old days, everybody knew the right wing and the left wing and all the rest of it. But, but many of them too knew, as I say, that the same owners would own both sides of things. When you dug through the, the front companies, etc., you'd, you'd often find that. That's how they manage, everybody's managed. And they even have magazines for, for bureaucrats and civil servants to, to make sure they're kept in their little tunnels as well, how to view things. Everybody's catered to. But TV was the greatest thing of all. And now you've got the internet, of course, as well. And that's been policed as well. But by, by beyond the far left, I mean, the, the people who are policing them and given the job to police them were set up. A great history behind them, well out there. There's nothing to hide about it. And there were front groups for the, for the old communist systems. The, the very communist systems that hoped to get revolutions going inside America, in fact. Back in the, the old days. So that's what you're in. And believe you me, it's going to become more and more intolerant of other viewpoints. Because I say there's no toleration in liberalism, which is just a front, even in terms of front, for the big agenda. Now, last week I touched on oh, different things too, even to do with, I couldn't believe the Mardi Gras in Australia and the, and the pictures were put out there, it's quite amazing. And 
they also have a, articles about the follow-up from the next day with hangovers and and then the residents in the streets there who woke up to massive smell of urine and feces everywhere, even in their back gardens and front gardens and all the rest of it, from these wonderful parties. So why, you know, again, they'll, they'll just say, well, we need more uh, porta-potties, etc. Yada, yada, yada. But we do live, it's beyond satire. See, Monty Python, it's a shame it's all gone. But even if they were here today, uh, you wouldn't laugh because because they were always showing you what was going to come. And, and it was to do with that. They knew. They were at Oxford, most of them. And they knew what was to come, the big agenda. They were in on the know. But that's what you're, you're living in right now. It's a big, big change, the, the, the century of change. Never forget that. And try not to fall into the emotive topics they give you. To be, you go, oh, that's wrong, or oh, because it's out your head as soon as it, because we've got another one after it too. That's how they, that's all the, the media's got now to keep you looking. There's the stacks and stacks of pictures and things and silly stuff. And, and it's, it's literally, it's, it's like, what's it like really? It's like getting a, a person's nightmare, or actually a, a person's history of nightmares. And, and cracking them all up into different pieces and throw them all together. That's the average newspaper today with what they show you. Some worse than others, and some countries worse than others too. But that's what you're getting as we go through it all. Now, you talk about craziness too, and we're all supposed to adapt to it all. And the media is part of it. Of course the media is part of it. Even the ones that are trying to get you to say something about it or even condemn something or whatever it happens to be, or just go ooh or ah or whatever. Because of course they are. Because they want you to call even male and female by different different terms, according to supposed gender changing and stuff, and even fluid. What, what, earth, what, what is gender fluid? What is that? And really, I don't want to know, because why should I change rationality to suit someone's agenda? Think about it. Think about it. But you, 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 here's an article from Britain. Britain really is the HQ of the old Tavistock style of bending your mind. And many of the media, the papers across the world, are copying the same system. Really. But here's one here. It says, exclusive uh, transgender activist is jailed for killing her boyfriend, right? And trying to rape shop assistant five days after. You understand how crazy that sounds, eh? Transgender activist jailed for killing her boyfriend. It's not her, right? And trying to rape shop assistant five days after being released from prison is invited to speak at the British House of Lords, you know, for, for the, the upper crust of the, in Parliament. This is how the media has given it to you. And you're supposed to part the same, same kind of stuff, which makes no sense at all, does it? But it says, Karen Jones is a transgender activist who was born as a man called Mark Jones. Right? Mark Jones was convicted of manslaughter after strangling. Right? Mark Jones, so it's a he, right? Mark Jones, so he strangled his partner, a guy. And then five days after being released in 2002, Jones brutally assaulted a female shop assistant after gagging her mouth with a lemon and trying to rape her. You've got to remember, too, that the whole agenda rests 
and counts on using relativism, this term, relativity and relativism, where nothing can be normal at all, which means anything, again, getting into this flux fluid idea, uh, that anything can change and be made to change. Every, and, and the change itself, no matter what it is, is, is there for normal. And you have to accept that and go along with it or else. That's what you've been told now, to bring in the new, the new society. So any chaos that happens in the meantime has to be just, just accepted. All kinds of chaos. And looking at Australia too, I was thinking to myself with, with what's going on there, they shouldn't really have to worry. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be in Australia and then to Britain and back to Australia, but I've got to just mention this. You have the symptoms. You truly have the symptoms in different countries now. Never mind all the kind of crimes that are breaking out, the types of crimes and so on that are happening in societies. You have the symptoms of third-worldism coming into countries now. Is it the lack of education? Is it the lack of common sense? What is it? As countries seem to lose their ability to do basic things, basic common sense, practical things. Because here's a story from, from Australia. And it says the New South Wales government had an embarrassing problem with $2 billion worth of new trains that are on order. They've ordered them, I think, to be made in South Korea. And it says they're too wide to go through the tunnels that already exist. How could anybody make such a mistake? Huh? $2 billion worth trains, and no one goes out and says, okay, what's all the data on it before we start designing this? Huh? Hmm? What's the measurements of the basic? Th- oh, no, no, it doesn't occur to them. What's going on here? Eh? It says, where the current trains are 2.9 meters wide, the new models being built in South Korea are 20 centimeters wider. That small difference could have a big impact. No kidding. It means new trains could collide with the tunnel walls on their way up to... This, this must be a genius is writing this. He's figured out, or whoever it is has figured out, that uh, it, could, it could hit the tunnel walls. Well, I wonder why the engineers and architects never, uh, designers never thought of that. Hmm? So it says, uh, but transport for New South Wales, the government body that manages the state's rail system, has come up with a cunning plan. This is how they're covering their butt, right? A cunning plan. Run and say, oh yeah, we really screwed up. Huh? So what do you do when the whole thing was to cost $2 billion, right? It proposes simply relaxing current safety standards. In addition, 10 tunnels built, which are already there, will be partially modified to allow the new trains to run. So it'll cost millions of dollars more, obviously. That's, that's what you get when folk really screw up today, you know? But they never admit they're wrong, do they? Just, oh, I've come up with a cunning plan. Huh? We'll modify the tunnels. Well, if you'd done the, your sums right in the first place, you wouldn't have to modify the tunnels. Somebody, I mean, heads should roll here. But it doesn't happen today, does it? They all seem to get off with it, especially if they had to do with government at all. And this article here says it takes a special type of incompetence to buy trains that don't fit through the tunnels. <laughs> Mr. Foley said, no kidding me. I'm all, I'm all for this guy. He's got common sense. 
But this is what it's all about today. You're supposed to believe in, in just chaos. Anyway, more and more stories of chaos as things simply go down the tubes. Aren't we? That's what's happening. That is what's happening. And we also see, too, where things that used to shock people we're not shocked anymore. It's life, it's, we're taught and taught and taught that life is becoming cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, even our own lives. It's the cut back on your health care of all kinds. And there are countries that will give sex changes on their national health systems. It's a cut back on cataract operations for the elderly and hip replacements and things like that. And cut back on lots of operations that are really needed. So we're, we're truly, it tells you too that once you're past a certain age, your life is worthless. Well, that's, that's the message. That's the message. And they don't care. And they don't care about the life, the life of the elderly. They don't care about the life of the young either. And that's happening too. I mentioned last week too how Canada's going forward with, with child euthanasia for supposedly terminal cases. Even though I've got many articles here, in fact, where they've already shown in other countries and also in, in Canada with Quebec there are lots of euthanasia, you know, terminal cases and so on of, of illnesses aren't even being reported now. And then they're, they're just tossing the, the, the legalities aside. They're supposed to have a, a, a independent doctor who's also involved and, uh, and other witnesses. And so they're starting to toss all this out the window. That always happens. It happened in Holland too. That's one of the first. So they're, they're telling you that your life is cheap, you know, and just make the best of it and die and, and don't be a burden to society and don't, co- don't have a cost-effect uh, uh, system of taking money away from the health system for other people, etc. That's what they're telling you. I could go on all night actually giving you lots of instances of this kind of thing happening in different countries and Canada and, and Britain and elsewhere and the States. But there's no point because... Society doesn't care anymore. They're being conditioned through their little bits, their daily updates through television and, uh, and through fiction, movies, TV series, and also fr- from, from uh, so-called documentaries, etc. As they train you that you're, you're not worth as much as, as you think you are. You're not, you're not so special after all. All planned that way. It's no coincidence either, and I've got lots of articles on it, that they're, as they take away the opioids for real chronic pain out of hospitals, for people who really need it, they're offering you the, the, the pill. Take, take, take the euthanasia. It's cheaper. It's cheaper for the system. Hmm? You can pay into the system your entire life, whether you like to or not, it's taken off you. But when you need it, well, if it's just for you, then uh, no, you're not going to get it. Take this pill instead, it's cheap. Go quietly, please. And there's, there's no point trying to get any moral outrage over anything today. I really don't think that, I think people are so jaded and brainwashed, as say through television and so on, that, that today they, they can't be, they can't really get angry. They might, some might still today, when it's their own relatives or themselves are affected, but, but otherwise forget it. Most things don't, don't bother people today. There's an article, for instance, here. It says, A Romani gang trafficked slaves into the UK before using them to claim benefits which they pocketed themselves, the court has heard. This is quite common. It has been for years. 
So homeless people were picked up by associates of the Raphael family on the streets of Slovakia and the Czech Republic and brought to Newcastle where they were forced to live in cellars or sleep several to a bed in cramped rooms. The Raphaels allegedly arranged national insurance numbers for the EU nationals. How did they even get that, eh? And used them to claim benefits which they kept for themselves, uh, the prosecutors claim. The slaves who changed hands for £200 to £300 per person, I guess, were fed stale bread and goulash while the family of nine enjoyed expensive alcohol and food, one of their alleged victims told a jury. The family also claimed housing benefits and one had an SUV car under the government's mobility scheme, a court was told. There's nothing they don't know of how to claim and what to claim and all the rest of it is... And in the, and the UK, it's, it's, it's the best welfare system on the planet for folk coming in, not for the folk living there, but for folk coming in. It's been like that for maybe 30-odd years, maybe more. But this has been going on, this kind of thing goes on all the time. There have been lots of articles about similar things too. And many of these families, actually, in their own countries, when they go back for holidays, uh, they have massive uh, villas there and things like that. It's quite amazing. Because they, they get benefits from different counties across England, especially. In the same day, they, they travel all over the place just collecting benefits. When that's been allowed to happen, because this is so reminiscent of articles I've been reading for the last 20-odd years, why hasn't it been stopped? Hmm? You have to ask these questions. Why? Also, another thing too, as I said, people can really turn... Very quickly, when it comes to profit and, and, and morality, and what's right and what's wrong, when it comes to their own profit, they can suddenly jump in, in, in an abyss. I've noticed that my whole life long. As, as I say, they're, they're taking away the, the opioids and so on, and they really make it a, a big, massive scare of opioids. I mean, you've got governments who open up clinics for people to walk in and get their injections of heroin and so on. But for folk who really need it, for, for what it's intended for pain, etc., they're cutting them out. Because, you see, the big boys have decided you're going to get marijuana instead. That's the reason for it. This, I'll put articles up where they even say, oh, you know, that a good placebo is as good as, as an opioid. Really. Nonsense. They're also telling you, too, that there's too many folk getting, uh, getting uh, operations Women, for instance, having hysterectomies, when they probably, they probably didn't need them. Probably. is a big, big word, that probably. And guys having operations on, on prostates, when they probably didn't really, really, really need them. And it's all getting you used to the fact you're not going to get these operations down the road. Unless you're awfully rich. Or you really count in society as a somebody and not a nobody. But as, as they bring in, is it amazing, as they bring in the legalized cannabis, marijuana, it says that they're bringing in the super skunk cannabis, super strength skunk cannabis. This stuff is way, way more potent than the stuff from the 60s and 70s. And it says here, the potent strain has all but forced out the lowest strength form of the drug. The study was led by King's College London who analysed nearly 1,000 samples, as many other ones have done it across the world too. Psychiatrists warn smokers high-potency cannabis can cause mental illness, hallucinations and all kinds of things. But also it can trigger psychotic disorders, studies have found. They know all this stuff. It's been done many times before these same studies, years ago. 
But the potent strain has all but forced out the lower strength forms of the drug and made up 94% of all cannabis seized in 2016. This is, the, this is the time when they're legalizing all this stuff. You think it's all coincidence, don't you? Hmm? Don't you? You always do. <laughs> There's no conspiracies in the world or plan. See, any plans are kept secret. And most things to do with society's directional planning is kept secret from the public. And it's never admitted to until many years after the things are implemented. It's always the same. That's why they call it classified. Classified from the public. Not to be released till the year, blah, blah, blah. Just like the NAFTA deal. And it says here that, for those who don't know, the NAFTA deal has the bulk of the, the documentation, literally 100 grand in a, a safe place. Not to be released for like 2050, I think it was. Some, something like that. The little short form they gave the public was it was, it was a very filtered system. A few pages, pages really, as it was all about. Because they did have the amalgamation in it of, of the whole of Americas, actually. Anyway, back to what I'm talking about, cannabis here. So, so believe you me, you, you probably know people who will go along with it and say the same thing. They, they'll have no problem if they were selling it themselves to people, regardless of the fallout that's going to have in society. People have no problems adjusting morality when it comes to their purse and their income. There's, that's what's wrong with society, isn't it? Greed. It's incredible. Especially nowadays. But anyway, Dr. Marta de Forte, scientist at King's College London, said in previous research was shown that regular users of high-potency cannabis carry the highest risks for psychotic disorders compared to those who have never used cannabis. The increase of high-potency cannabis in the streets poses a significant hazard towards users' mental health and reduces their ability to choose more benign types because they get used to it. It's, it's addictive, naturally. It's high potency. And it, it gets going up at the THC level. That's, that's the active drug that causes it, which it works in people. It says, the weaker cannabis resin, which THC content of 6%, is up to 4% in 2008, but a lot lower than 14% found in skunk. And it's the compound which gives the users a high. Quite amazing, really, though, that uh, the work has been done and all. But this is the time, of course, that they're getting folk used to it. And uh, even if, even if you, uh, only a certain percentage become addicted to the high-potency stuff, uh, there'll be more people getting addicted to it, as more folk think it's quite normal when governments are actually selling it to the public. Our governments now are, are pimps and are drug pushers as a licensed prostitution and so on in different countries. Seriously. Think about it. Just think about what, what it is. It's, they're the pimps. And they are the drug pushers. Canada, uh, uh, here in Ontario, there's articles about them legalizing it and selling it in the liquor licensing boards where they sell the booze. Because in, in Ontario here, Government rakes in the cash off all booze sales. That's why it's, they have the monopoly on selling alcohol. Special government uh, outlets. And that's where they're going to sell the, all the dope as well. Quite something, right? So here's an article here about Ontario. It says the government of Ontario says it will provide $40 million from its share of federal marijuana taxes to municipalities to help them cover law enforcement and safety costs associated with pot legalization. Another great 
make-work project, isn't it? The province says the money which will be provided to municipalities up front will come from the first two years of federal excise duties on pot producers. So they're going to rake in just on taxes. Uh, well, going to, they aren't going to tell us how much they're going to rake in, but they expect to be able to pay out $40 million from what it's getting in. They haven't covered the law enforcement. Law, more law enforcement, eh? More law enforcement. So your government sells you the dope, and now they're going to police it. Big time. You better think what on earth your governments are anymore, huh? What are they? Everything is so corrupt now. Anyway, it says, Ontario Minister of Community Safety and Correctional Services, Marie Frances Lalonde, says the $40 million, I like that, community safety, $40 million fund will ensure that municipalities have the resources to enforce the marijuana laws and combat issues such as impaired driving and the legal sale of marijuana. They're they're going to give, I mean, the police are just laughing at this because it's going to give them so much extra work now, which they want. Make work project. For more rides on the roads and everything and looking for dope as you're driving. And and they they even have a lot of these, there's even police guys who are way up in the police forces got shares and all this stuff. I mentioned it before. And other ones too. They're up there too, and politicians have got shares in, in, in new type of breathalyzer type machines that they can, the cops will all have. What a great mate work project, eh? As they start checking drivers to see if they're stoned. And that's everybody. Isn't that wonderful? Going from A to B and then you start getting stopped because all the junkies are on the road. Well, of course they're going to be on the road. They know this. So Ontario says the money will be provided on a per household basis. And be adjusted so that every municipality will get a minimum of $10,000 each. And that'll go down into pockets, of course, always does, I'm sure. It says they're also cutting down on illegal storefront dispensaries. So it's only the licensed ones. And I'm telling you, it's our thing too. And I know this for a fact. I know the history of, of the booze, the alcohol organizations down through history. And who ends up getting all the licensing, their monopolies. The same thing's coming in here. And all these little guys that think that they're, they're, oh, they're going to do great in it, believe you me, will be forced out step little by little and the big monopolies will take it over once they're up and running with their, with their pot farms. They'll take it over. They'll let you run it all and get it started and all do all the hard work, but they'll take it over. That'll happen. Of course it will. It's already planned. But that's what they do. And then when, when you see that, when you really see that, as I say, and they're cutting back real painkillers for folk who really, really need it. Hmm? There's an article here called The Opioid Crisis, The Real Opioid Crisis. It says the news isn't talking about. And it's from, an, it's from a site, it's called Members of Not Dead Yet, National Grassroots Disability Rights Organization. And some of them are living with chronic pain themselves. It says, based on the knowledge of the, the disability community through personal experience and through our work, we have not seen disabled people with chronic pain experienced opioid use disorder. It's, it's, they don't, folk who really need the stuff aren't taking it to get addicted to it. They need it to feel pain. Folk who, who are, get addicted to it want the high. They want, to, they want the, the experience of it. They're different people altogether. Since what we're seeing is many disabled people who are suffering due to lack of access to opioid medication. 
previously available as part of comprehensive strategies and approaches to address chronic pain. They're experiencing an increase in chronic pain and other symptoms associated with that pain. Disabled people and others with chronic pain are rarely the ones who are abusing opioids. But they are the ones who are having to deal with chronic pain symptoms without access to medications that made this pain more tolerable. That's what's happening. It's a good site, actually, and they have very good articles with it, too. I'll put them up, mind you, too. Another article here, too. Every morning, Kevin Thompson takes a short stroll from his apartment at the Crosstown Clinic where he signs and gets his prescription medicine and sits in a small room and injects it before heading off to work. He follows this routine up three times a day and has done so virtually every day for more than a dozen years. This is, the medicine is, is diacetylmorphine, the medical term for prescription heroin. And he's 47 years old. He was a heavy dr- user of street drugs such as cocaine and heroin since his early 20s. He was at college uh, and studying a hairdresser when he was robbed and lost his money and ended up homeless just to get by. He started selling drugs and soon became his own best customer. But this is really to, to tell you that they can walk in and they can get their, their heroin shoot-ups, but folk in chronic pain can't. You think there's something wrong here? Huh? Well, they'll, they'll, they'll say, to you, well, you can, you can get marijuana. Because marijuana is going to be a big, massive monopoly very quickly. And they're looking at incredible money. And the more folk they can get into it for the folk and off opioids and into their, their drug, the better. Isn't it amazing eh, what's happening? It really is. <laughs> it's nice to be just a, a witness going through time, isn't it? Because that's what we're doing. We're witnesses. We're, we're watching the end of a civilization. Is the new planned, nothing to do with happenstance, the planned society is forced upon everybody else. It really is incredible to watch it all. But when you go into academia and what the training, all these incredible different uh, organizations that they are, and, and nonsensical courses to get in academia and all facets of society, where they come out talking like robots with their own language, these are the people who force this stuff upon the general public because their minds have been warped with their training. And I really mean that. I really do mean that. And they're the last ones to ever figure that out themselves. You know, as humans become more humanistic in the religious vein I'm talking about, because humanism, remember, secular humanism is a religion. Humanism. And you're taught that there are, oh, there's no problems about classes of society and types of, of, of uh, classes and the ones at the bottom. They have no problem with that at all, none whatsoever. But the corruption amongst them is incredible. Uh, another article, too, talks about the Ontario Cannabis Store. It can be abbreviated OCS. Isn't that wonderful? Hmm? So they've got the logo uh, for the stores to be across uh, Ontario, at least. And it's a circle with three letters in it, O-C-S. A circle. You know what the, two, the, the taxpayers are paying for this? And the brand strategy to this guy, this one, it seems to be one fella, as far as I can see. Well-connected, obviously. Huh? Guy's called Leo Burnett. And the, the Liquor Control Board of Ontario expects the total cost of all brand and marketing from this guy, Leo Burnett, 
and the little logo, right? To be approximately $650,000. That's your tax money there. Do you think that's honest work here? What's going on, eh? Huh? What on earth is going on here? Hmm? I think, you know, I think I, I could get a monkey to draft that thing better than, than a circle with these layers in it. Hmm? Don't you think so? Really? We, we get slapped in the face all the time in these, this day and age. And government throws your money around like, and also tells you what they're bringing in themselves and within government and organizations associated with governments. We're getting plundered, folks. Plundered. They're, they're supposed, they call themselves civil servants. But here you serve the public. Who is kidding who? Huh? Why do we go along with this rubbish of, of, of pretending that, that they're, ser- if they're servants? What, what on earth are we? Ragtown or something? We're all covered in rags, wearing rags, paying for all this rubbish. We're plundered like never before, and that's the system that humanism always brings you into. Winners and losers, eh? Winners and losers. They're quite blatant about it, too. And they get, there's no morality left to, 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 to guide humanity, like you see. And you're all fair game to be plundered in all different ways and areas, etc. And that's how it is. Centuries and centuries and centuries to, to, to try to get decency stamped across society. Only to lose it all very quickly with secular humanism. And the depreciation of human life, the value of human life. As UNESCO had planned through Julian Huxley and others that worked with it. And it starts with the children. Even before they're born, you diminish life. Then you get used to that and accept it. Then they go in for, oh, let's euthanize the elderly or the sick. And you accept it. Then you say, well, let's euthanize the children too. And you accept it. And it's okay as long as you're all having fun. Until it's your turn. Why aren't you laughing? That's society, folks. You better think about it. And it's planned that way. You know, the amount of studies, I'll put one up tonight to do with fake news. MIT is one of the, the, the big investigators into society. They have stacks of studies on us going all the time. They have access to the internet and all your personal stuff too, by the way. To see what you're chatting about and, and categorizing it all, etc. And I read some articles a few years back, remember, where a professor there and his class were putting out fake news, actually fake histories, actually, to see how well it would pick up and trend across the internet. So here's the same, the same university doing studies on fake news to see how it's working and why folk like it so much. We're studied like no other creature on the planet is studied. Because, as Marx was correct in the one thing, for sure, that all wealth comes from labor. But the wealthy live off those who labor. And this day and age is glorified. Greed is glorified like never before, getting worse all the time. It really is. There are people living today who are trillionaires. And the multi-billionaires have their own islands across the planet. They're living uh, beyond any king's dreams of 
times gone by. Because with the, with the advent of free trade and the shipping of all your factories across to China for cheap labor, they've never had profits like they have today. It's incredible, incredible. When you look at even the deals that China does in Indonesia and other places where they can get whole forests for the products, so incredibly cheap, even even the swaps for certain deals. And the profits they're making are, are, are incredible from whatever they produce. And that's called winners and losers, as I say. Winners and losers. That's what Jack Satali called it too. Winners and losers in the coming new world order. We're here. And you're supposed to celebrate it. You're supposed to celebrate your own destruction, the cultural destruction and everything else. I'll put up the articles even from Ireland that's talking about uh, the fact that the culture has to be destroyed very quickly over the years. And their government even used their tax money to put the propaganda out to train them to, to think it was all okay and nice and good. We all get that, actually. We're all given indoctrination to, to just think, well, it's all good and nice, blah, blah, blah. Whoever's pushed on us is good and nice, and isn't that wonderful? And you're, you're being a good little person, you, you'll say, well, I, I want to please people. I want to be a people pleaser. I want to show them that I also think it's nice and good. Just to be good, you see. They're training us to even look forward to our own destruction. Or even our own death, for that matter. Why do you want to keep on living? Why do you want... Why do you... That, that's part of the, the strategy, the psychology behind it all. They have experts now. They fly around the, the hospitals before someone dies in the hospitals. I read articles a few years ago on the air, in fact, at the time, where they send teams out to talk to the relatives of people who are in the hospital, maybe through accidents or whatever, in order to try to convince them to, to sign over the, the organs of the person before they're dead. And, and they're like kind of like grief counselors, but, but, they're, they're, but they're not, the people aren't dead yet. And, but that's their whole idea, is to try and convince them to sign everything over, because it's a big business too. We are the business, even before you're dead. Remember that they want your organs out of the body while you're still living. And the last one is the one who takes the heart out. They take everything out beforehand with other specialist departments. Rather ghoulish, isn't it? We are a business. There's even articles in Ontario, because we're avant-garde. You see, we're cutting edge in Ontario, in Canada. Canada, we always say we're cutting edge. We're progressive. That's what it means, progressive, along the agenda, you see. And in Canada, they had... In Ontario, too, it was, they had, where you could actually pour you or your granny down uh, into your garden if you want to. But they, they actually were using some chemical system of uh, liquid, uh, they call it liquid uh, crematorium. They put you in a kind of tank thing and dissolved you. And then poured you down in, into the, the sewage system, the wastewater. Do you understand what's happening? And we think nothing of it. 
When you devalue human life and others, you're doing it in yourself. Never forget that. Never forget that. Because one day it's your turn. Think about it. Think about it. Because that's where it's all going. Hey, to be on a kind of downer tonight, but it's not a downer really. See, bad news, as I say, has to be looked at seriously. And terrible things have to be discussed and looked at. And often you can avoid them, but not you won't avoid them if you don't discuss or look at them. This, this looking away or looking at the bright side of things is, is not healthy. Except for those who plan it that way, who want it that way. But for the rest of you, it's not healthy. You have to look at the nasty things in life. History, when you look back on it, is a horror show. You have bouts of pleasant people living their own lives in rural communities and so on, down through history. Then the cities come, worse things happen. Then big wars happen. Wars get bigger and bigger, and horror comes along. When they change their systems into even communism and so on, uh, the millions, 80-odd million sometimes, they say, were killed, slaughtered by their own governments. Never forget these things, folks. Our brains haven't changed. Maybe they've shrunk a bit. That's about it. Think about it. Really think about it. You're given a brain to think, use it. And don't spend so much time letting your masters program your brains for you. Use it yourself instead. Don't follow people and get used. Don't get used. The United Nations loves all these changes because they want it all. The UN declared the enemy of mankind to be the individual. They want you to be the collective. Followers. And the choice is yours. From myself, Alan Watt from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your God's go with you.